Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff Sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas B. Dorian. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad we're back together again. Um, we just celebrated the Queenship of Mary last, our last program. Um, and this week, uh, we go from the, the Queen, right, to hypocrites. You know, <laughs> how diametrically opposed can we get? Um, but it's an interesting, uh, I, I want to talk about our gospel reading that we have this uh, this week, and it comes from uh, from Mark, the seventh chapter, and I'll, I'll just read through it because there's a lot to unpack here, and just a lot of things that are there's some hard truth in here, and some things that are kind of uncomfortable, I think, uh, and also some things that can be misleading and misinterpreted. So I want to talk about some of those things. Anyway, uh, it starts here at verse one in uh, chapter seven. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus. They observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, why do, you, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. Woo, there's some heavy stuff going on here. Man. There's a lot of things to talk about. You know, and I think first we should just delve right into being Pharisaical. You know, why why are the Pharisees so concerned, Sam? Um, well, I think that they feel like they're doing things right, and they like feeling like they're doing things right, and they like being able to compare themselves doing right to others who are doing wrong because that reassures them that they are in fact doing it right. Yeah, no, and that's good to know. Like they, <laughs> They they like that. Uh, I've met a Pharisee or two, uh, and, and no. I'm going to be honest with you. Occasionally, I've been a Pharisee. You know, oh, I think I have all to admit, of us. Let's be honest, all of us are. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, exactly. <laughs> so um, now, could you imagine being like, let's do a show about hypocrisy and just talk about other people? Yeah, they're all. Point- <laughs> we'll call it the finger pointing show. Yeah, everybody else, right outside of the luxurious corner booth, is a hypocrite. No, um, I, I, I. I we all are guilty at times, but what I want to look at here is, well, first of all, we, we have all these laws and rules, and what's interesting is the people that bring up that the apostles aren't following the rules, 
Right. Right now, and by the way, these are actual rules that were laid down by God. These are the laws of Moses. This is these are the, the purifications and all the things that they were doing. They were enjoined to do that from the very beginning. Moses said, "Look, the Lord has spoken, and this is what you need to do. This and this. I mean, there's 613 laws of, the, of Moses. Right? It's it was pretty intense, and there are still Jews today that follow these laws." I recently went to uh, someone's house right around the corner from our parish, uh, and this area has a lot of Orthodox Jews in it. And when I looked in their house, they had put it on the market. You know, it was like two, a big giant kitchen, and there were like two sinks, and there were two refrigerators, yep. right? Because they were following the dietary laws uh, of, of ancient times, of their elders, right? And they still did this. And now, I didn't look at them and go, Pharisees. You know, I didn't do that. And and they were following these w- w- in good conscience. And and I guess what who is Jesus mad at here? Why is he saying these things? Right? Is he talking about all the Jews first and foremost that follow the laws of Moses? Are well, they bad? Well, I mean, he's responding to an accusers, right? So it's not the question before him isn't does the law say that we should do this or this? It is uh, look at us who is doing right. Look right. at you who's doing wrong. Explain yourself. You know? Yeah, so I, I I tend to agree with you. Uh, I know it's rare, Sam, but I tend to agree <laughs> with you on this one because if 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 a good Jew came forth and said, Master, is this important that I do this? His answer might have been different. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say he would say, you need to keep doing it. Because what we come to know and what has been expressed in Scripture is that Jesus is ultimately the fulfillment of the law. Right? He... he Every letter of the law is still in place. He's ultimately the fulfillment. So all these laws of Moses, and certainly the Ten Commandments before that, and certainly uh, the, the first you know, law to human beings, don't eat the fruit on that tree. All of these things were laid out by God to essentially teach us to, to love God, to be obedient to God, to follow God's will. Right and, and, and also to realize that God has our best interest. So when we follow these things, it's a good thing. But the laws themselves don't save us. Jesus saves us. So this is a teaching process, right, from Jesus. So this is not me saying that, like, all the Catholics need to go out and get two refrigerators and have two sinks. Because that's what the laws of Moses are. Because what we believe is that, that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. And so the modern Jew doesn't see Jesus as the fulfillment of the law, Right. They, they see him as a good man, a, a prophet maybe, but not as the Savior, not as the Christ uh, that we recognize in Jesus. So what, he's, what Jesus says to the Pharisees essentially is calling them out because they're trying to call him out. Well, the passage that comes to mind is when they were uh, Jesus and his disciples started picking the grains um, and that they were eating and it was on the Sabbath day. And uh, they were criticized for eating, on, for, for picking grain on the Sabbath. Right. And uh, Jesus identifies himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. Yes. Which is very important. It's an important distinction. I think it applies here because the law was made for man. The law is not made to bind God. Like in the same, you know, like laws regarding baptism. Yeah, you, you've learned that law. It is, you better get your child baptized. You know That's what I mean? right. That's right. But that doesn't bind God where God cannot uh, 
you know, uh, admit an unbaptized person into heaven. You know, right. that law is supposed to lead you to God. Yeah, right. And that's a great point. Uh, baptism. Jesus said, "Unless you're born again of water and spirit, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God." You need to get baptized. That's a law. That doesn't make Jesus a Pharisee. Right. And and by you getting baptized, doesn't make you Pharisaical. Just following the law. Right, but it also doesn't bind God when in, in the billions of instances where people aren't baptized. Exactly you know? right, right? And it causes the church then to sort of go like, well, what happens when someone, they're driving to the church for the baptism? Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? We're, going, we're getting ready to get junior baptized, and then there's a tragic accident or whatever. So these are all important things. So you have to understand that, again, I want to go back to Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And so, essentially, all of this is oriented to Jesus, and this is the process where Jesus is teaching us. And so, Jesus is really calling out the Pharisees for trying to call him out. Right. Um, and so, it's important to... So, so the question then, because he goes on to talk about this people, meaning the, the Pharisees, honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He knows the Pharisees. And it's back to what you were saying before. He knows that they're really just about making sure that everyone in the in the village knows that they're top dogs they're They're the authorities right they want their just desserts they they want to get all the the temple tax or what they you know they they want their take they want the respect they want all that stuff they want to sit on the throne right now but then it goes on and starts talking about human traditions right teaching as doctrines human precepts you disregards god disregard god's commandment but cling to human tradition now it's important to understand there because this is one that our separated brothers and sisters, our Protestant friends, will use and point out. See, you Catholics are filled with human traditions. Jesus is not condemning human traditions here. What he's saying is you're disregarding God's commandment in exchange for doing human traditions. Does that make sense? In other words, the human traditions, when they're in line with, with, God's, uh, with God's commands, with God's uh, call to... Uh, to a holy life in other words discipline try this at home uh kids when you're at home and your mom says to clean your room just look at her and say you pharisee this is some this is some human tradition that you're you're launching on me this is wrong jesus said this is bad i hope the children in radio land are taking notes (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) that was tom dorian by the way that suggested that (laughs) No, no, my, my point here is I want to be clear, and when you look at that scripture, you realize that, that human traditions are not evil. Human traditions that fall in line with God's ultimate tradition, right, with the capital T, sacred tradition, there's nothing wrong with that, right? So the laws surrounding how baptisms take place and who can do that and under what circumstances, these are, these are ways in which we can best facilitate. It's kind of like, it's kind of like speed laws, I can drive from here to California, and I know that I can in a safer way because there are traffic laws. If there were no traffic laws, I'm not going to drive across the country because I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to make it because it's kind of every man for himself. That can be problematic. So laws are good, even ones that humans implement, but those are not the way to salvation. So it's specifically saying if you ignore God's commandment, then ultimately... Um, you're missing the whole point of the law, which is supposed to draw you closer to God um, and to be with him. I love uh, the the second reading from this week was from uh, the letter St. James. And he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deluding yourselves. 
He says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. In other words, to be a good religious person is a, a person that's supposed to, you're a doer. You, 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 know, you, you understand you've taken to heart God's commandments to love your neighbor as yourself. And you live that way. And you can still have to make sure you're wearing the proper liturgical color or, you know, how pointy is your hat if you're a bishop. You know, these are still good things, but every bishop, hopefully, every bishop will tell you that he's not going to heaven because he's got a pointy hat or because he has a a crozier. It's not because of his miter and his crozier that he's getting to heaven or because he follows certain rules. But he knows that, um, that those rules that he follows are are leading us closer to God. And the, and so how do you tell the difference when the rule is bad or when the rule is good? Sam, put the put you on the spot. Well, I mean, I think ultimately uh our faith, I think the thing we have to be grounded in is our faith is incarnational, right? And so um what's first most important is that we are welcoming Jesus to truly be alive within us and we are following Christ's lead and Christ is leading us through the church and through others as well. And so if we are in line with Christ within us and it is Christ within us, you know, Jesus was, uh, the Christ child was obedient to Joseph and Mary, uh, and the, and the story of, uh, uh, and I think it was Luke two. Um, and you know, Obedience is something that Jesus. I mean, he was obedient to death, even death on the cross. He's some, that's something that he 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 lived obedience, he lived it. and he died obedience. <laughs> yes, right? it was because of his obedience that he was greatly exalted. His name was above all other names. Right. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend. Right. So it, he's showing us. He's took on flesh to show us how to live. And ultimately, you know, when we're in the right flow, so to speak, we're in touch with Christ within us and we're able to uh, let Christ be alive in us. The law is going to get followed because, you know, but um, uh, or or, or fulfilled. Uh, But if sometimes, you know, St. Ignatius of Loyola says you would go through periods of desolation and consolation. Sometimes it's harder to be in touch with Christ within us. Um, it's important guideposts for us to pay attention to, okay, well, even though I'm not feeling spiritual today, it's Sunday, I need to go to Mass. Right. <laughs> you know? No, exactly like, right. Because uh, I've got Protestant friends who will go like, you guys have to go to Mass every Sunday. We go, like, when we go, we want to go. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes I don't want to do push-ups, and I don't want to eat right. And I, there's things I, my body says not to do or don't, doesn't want to do. I, I want to be lazy. But there's, but there's something about that I, w- I want to have that relationship. And you said it, Sam. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about Christ within us. Yeah. Right? So, that, so essentially all these laws are supposed to, to lead us closer to Jesus, to live in conformity with, with God's will. And, and that's what these laws and rules are all about. We're not saved by the law itself or the letter of the law, the word of the law. We're essentially saved by Jesus Christ. But it's really these, these laws that kind of keep us oriented always to him I, and this idea of Christ within us th- there's another part of this gospel that can be is pretty challenging and I really didn't like this when, the first time I ever heard it because it sounded wrong because I wanted to know that everything that I did that was bad was somebody else's fault 
and it was from some undue influence. Just to prepare outside. for the last judgment. Yes, know? outside. <laughs> I, I wanted to have my list of excuses to give God. It wasn't. It's like Adam's the original yeah, thing that Adam yeah. said. It was the woman that you gave me. It was the double denial, right? It wasn't anything that Adam did. It wasn't that he dropped the ball, that he didn't protect his wife, that he didn't, you know, stand in front in between her and the devil, that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. In fact, he was at home watching football. So much for the bone of my bone and flesh. Exactly, exactly. So he he didn't say that. He said, "Hey, look, it was the woman that you gave me. Y'all work it out, right?" And and, and so Jesus uh, summons the crowd again in this gospel. He says. Hear me, all of you, and understand nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. Think about that for a second. So when you say Christ within you, when you have Christ within you, it's transformative. Yeah. Right? So think about Eucharist for you Catholics out there. You are being transformed, right? You you are becoming like Jesus, yeah. In you know, you are what you eat, right? You become like Jesus in a in a very special way. Right? So if you aren't like if you aren't receiving Eucharist, if you don't have Christ within you, and you've given yourself over to the, the temptation of the evil one, well so the, Jesus tells us from within people, from their hearts come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, every other bad thing listed here. Yeah. Right? That that's what comes out of us. That's the the horrible bile that spews forth because we've allowed ourselves to be corrupted. Well, it's not the things of the world that that are and, and creation creations that are bad. Creation is good, but it's when our desires for those things are skewed and out of whack. That's you right. Know, so when we don't us. have Christ within us, yeah, when we don't allow Jesus to do what he what what what, what he's always been there to do. And, and that's the thing, and, and that's why it's interesting that these readings, or that that part about the, the, what comes from without is, is not what defiles. So you can't blame it on your environment. Now, I'm not going to get into an argument about like whether environments cause this or don't cause that. What I am saying is that ultimately everyone will be judged on the state of their heart and what they've given over to and what they've not given over to. And that, and that's an important point in terms of let Jesus be the judge because you know it's it's one thing to talk about the salvation side of things where we say um you know um you know the law is not the path to salvation uh the law has been fulfilled in jesus and look at him he's so merciful and then, we, then we can go straight into this other territory of being like well he's mercy itself and he's love itself and so really there can't be a hell you know and start going down that path right where even though the church is i mean jesus talks about hell the church it's a dogma of the faith that there's hell you know and we uh, that can be, you know, we don't have the position or authority to say who's going to hell and who's going to heaven, right. you know, but that's Jesus's job as judge. But he he did tell me, by the way. So <laughs> about if you're, me? <laughs> I have I would talk to him about you, Sam. I'm, I, Is no, this I, why you've been buying me extra sunblock? <laughs> no. SPF infinite, you know? That's right. No, 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 no. Uh, you no, know, you're right about that. And and so often, um, this is where we get into dangerous territory, right? When we this this idea of hypocrisy that comes from all this stuff. So if if you don't follow a certain law or a certain way of doing things, and and we can we can actually do this to ourselves in the church. Oh yeah. Think about the divisions in the church, uh, either about how we worship or what we think, and and some of those some of those differences have led people to leave the church. Right, have actually driven people out of the church, and that's a, that's a travesty. 
right that that this would happen so um i i just i was remember talking to our uh my bishop uh and he said something very profound it's very true that um it's not by rules that we grow closer to it's not by rules that we're judged it's not by rules that we essentially get to heaven yeah i mean but he did say it is by those rules that we that we find Jesus and that he's revealed. I, I love how you talked about the fact that we have in that we're incarnational. Yes. Um, and you think about that for a second. If we were just spirit, right, we would all be sort of like go, going up onto a mountaintop and lighting incense and we'd be communing <laughs> in some way with God. And it wouldn't matter what happened with our bodies. But because we're body and soul, soul and body, what we do with our bodies matters. So how we worship. The, the the postures that we assume, the rules that we follow, those are important. They're part of worship. That's what you do. And in fact, we were taught that by God. I mean, God called the you know the people together in a certain way through Moses. If you remember, uh, you know that's where we get the word uh, church from, ecclesia, which was the Greek word for you know gathering of people. And so this ecclesia of the people, this church was gathered together. And Moses says, "Hey, here are the rules. This is how we're going to do things. The Lord has told me." Right, so now you have all these people who are now suddenly singing off the same page of the hymnal, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, also rules when they're approached rightly, um, I think it, 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 they can train the heart for having obedience to Christ and other aspects of life. Right, so if we're if we're disciplined to uh, go to mass on Sunday, if we're disciplined to. Uh, pay attention to the mass and be reverent, and to and, go to confession, go regularly. to confession regularly, things like that. Those those basic things. Then we're also conditioning ourselves um, when we're making decisions in our work life or in our family life right. or with relations to others of saying, okay, I really want to put God first in this moment. And let's look at some of the the, the Pharisaical stuff, right? That we see there, the Pharisees like uh, the cleaning of uh, uh, cups and jugs and things like that. What about, you know, I was taught when I was little that I washed my hands before I went to Mass because I was going to receive Jesus. Right. Right. For those who were receiving the hands, you know, making sure you had clean hands. Is that pharisaical? Oh, look, he's doing the ritual washing of the hands. He's a Pharisee. God doesn't care whether or not your hands are dirty. But the thing is, the state of my uh, recognition and understanding of who God is and what I'm going to be having in my hands, that should change everything. It's one of the reasons why I like to receive on the tongue when I can because it's it just it helps me so there's a physicality there because I'm I've we we're incarnational right we we have we have souls and we have bodies and what we do with our bodies and and how we orient them is very important and that's not pharisaical well I think salvation history has a lot to teach us not just about the history of the 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 people of God and the church but also about us individually, uh, you know, in the story of like what comes to mind is if we look at God first reveals himself, um, you know, uh, in to, to Abraham, you know, in terms of after the flood. I mean, for, obviously, he re- reveals himself to, to Adam and to Noah. But in terms of initiating the, the, the Jewish people yes. as his called people, it begins with him revealing himself 
to Abraham and calling Abraham to basic, clear acts of piety. And then Abraham brings his family in order with those basic acts of piety and prayer. And then that family expands and becomes a nation. That nation expands and becomes a kingdom. You have a growth in that discipline. It's ingrained in these uh, and the people of God that this is how we honor God. Well, I feel like that, that, that was laying the groundwork for preparing the people of God to receive Jesus, as he actually takes on flesh and reveals who God truly is. And that's what, and he repeats that to us in our everyday life. He uses these rules to help train us to open us up to receive Christ as he really is. So if we were to talk just for a second, we only got a few minutes left here, but if we were to talk for a second about how we determine whether or not those, what, what rules we follow are good rules, because I've, again, my separated brothers and sister friends, my, my, the Protestants, will tell you it's not about the rules. You guys follow too many rules. It's not about all, following and doing all these things. Uh, when, in fact, um, you know, one of the things that I love is I love being Catholic because that means that I'm a member of this universal church. And, and, if, and, and what I believe about the Catholic church uh, is that all that she professes to be true is true. Right, that that she is essentially the the mouthpiece of God. The church is so what the church speaks is is the church speaks truth. So if it comes from my church, if it comes from the church that was established by God Himself, then if it's a rule, I'm gonna fo- I'm gonna follow that rule. I'm gonna be okay with that rule, and I'll do that first, and then I'll seek clarification and 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 understanding to be able to 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 follow that rule now with my whole heart. Understand where it's leading you. Exactly. Exactly right. So th- this is why it's not necessarily good to be outside the church. Well, and that lines up also with G.K. Chesterton. He said a definition of insanity is a failure to recognize a reality outside our own thoughts. You know, if we're, if we're going to have to depend upon our thoughts to determine what is real and what is true and righteous, then we're in a tough position because we're all pretty confused about a lot of things generally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, ex- exactly right. So, I mean... As, as, as you ponder what you're doing, I, I guess at the, at the very heart of what this gospel is teaching us and telling us, and what Jesus himself is saying is, don't just do things to do the things. And it's nice that you go to Mass every Sunday. It's nice to, go to, 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 to wear your Sunday best. Um, it's, it's nice to follow the rules, but those, that's not the reason you're going to church. Right? You're, you're going to church to be transformed. Because you're, you're, you're going to church to be called closer to Jesus and to have a relationship with him. And when you have a relationship with him, that's when you're going to start to realize that you're going to want to, as James says, care for the widows and the orphans. You're going to take care of your brothers, that you're going to live a religious life. That's how it's going to happen. And you won't be a Pharisee, specifically because you're pointing your fingers at others saying, you didn't wash your hands properly, right? But the person that washes their hands before they receive the Eucharist, that's the person that at their heart is right. Their right worship, it's beautiful. So, lots to consider here. And you know what? The Blessed Mother is there with us the whole way. And let's call on her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now, now at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at 
thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.